post, get there first. The near post, get there first. Don't get there second, don't get there third. The near post, get there first. If it's for football news that you thirst. The near post, get there, get there first. Welcome to the Near Post. We are talking football across the Australian Community Radio Network. I'm Lucy Zelich and with me in the studio are my favourite. We're back together, Near Post hosts. We're back. You're back. Mm-hmm. Nikki Cumston. Nick, welcome to the show as always. Hi, Lucinda. How are you? I'm always very well. Always well. And our baby daddy, a.k.a. Patrick Bordier, Paddy Wagon. Where have you been? Um, can I just say, well, happy to be back. I've been having babies, looking after babies, neglecting the listeners to look after children. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. How irresponsible is that? Uh, I have a little girl who's two years old and a little boy who's three months old and had a few struggles getting to three months. Um, so we've been a bit busy, hands-on stuff, but uh, very happy to be back in the near post again. And we're delighted to have you back. And first of all, can we say a big congratulations to you and Amy? I'm sure you're both very thrilled despite the challenges. Yeah, thank you. Look, Parenthood has got its usual challenges. Uh, Amy, I don't know, I've mentioned on the, the near post before, is from Liverpool. Uh, this presents a few problems in the house. In She's got some sense the children, about her. The children... Yeah. Uh, Within within hours of being born, we're, we're kitted up in Liverpool gear. Mm. I don't know if that's an issue. And headbutting the other babies <laughs> is really I'm, embarrassing. I'm not so keen on that. <laughs> and also that she's already getting uh, my little girl uh, into training on how to steal hubcaps. I don't think that's, uh, that's uh, a good thing. Okay, either. we'll leave that at <laughs> yeah. the door, please. No more traps about Liverpool. Coming up in the next half hour, we've got all the news, the A-League and the W-League news. If you have an inquiry or you'd simply like to test our football knowledge, you can do so on our brand spanking new email, Ooh. nearpostradio at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can catch the podcast on www.nearpost.blogspot.com and on iTunes as well as Halftime Heroes. Did you just say, Brand spanking new ba- brand, brand, new. brand yep. spanking new. Can you believe it? It's going to be a new look, new sounding near post coming up for 2012. So for all of our listeners, stay tuned for something very exciting. How are we going to exist if we don't have an overly complicated email? <laughs> no, it's people crazy. Are, people are going to be able to contact us. Give feedback <laughs> on you. Yeah, oh, main, mainly yeah, you. I'm not, I'm not really happy about this. Um, so if people do want to uh, give us feedback or even just check if the email address works, because let's face it, it may not. Um, <laughs> we implore you <laughs> to do so. Thanks for that Please email us. We really appreciate it. And ideas for the show. We're keen for that as well. Always keen for feedback. Now, this all, all this talk about brand spanking new stuff leads into the show dedication for this week. And it's going to be to that ever complicated man who had that original email address, Eamon Flanagan. Now, he's decided to, he's, you know, he's the one who actually started it all. He's the reason why we're here. And he's actually going to bid adieu to the Near Post. Um, And, you know, from us and everyone that's been involved with the Near Post and for the listeners as well, we want to send him out on a really big thank you and um, and thank him for all of his efforts because it's been fantastic. And um, it's also a very sad day for us because, um, you know, He's a very talented and, um, you know, from my part, very respected man. So all abu- the best to Eamon. Can Amen. we abuse Rangers just on his behalf? <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll put in a regular... There's still room uh, for that because he can't defend himself and we're all about that on the near post. The quiz question for this week, lads, mm, I want to test away. I want to test your knowledge too, mm. Paddy, given you've been a bit rusty and you've been away from us for some time. How many caps 
did Craig Foster receive playing for his country? Playing in the green and gold. Before they were the Socceroos, they were just the Australian football team. How many caps? Well, he's, he's, on, the, he's on telly a lot. So obviously yeah. a lot of caps. Mm. Yeah. Are we going to go a hundred? Because he's pretty significant. Uh, okay, we're for getting us. a bit abs- we're getting a bit absurd <laughs> there now. Well, he he does have a high media profile. No, um, he he's has got a lot of opinions that he's, he's very certain about. Yeah. He must have played a lot of football because that's how football works, isn't it? In yeah. order to have opinions, you have to have played a lot of football. No, I think his caps are what are they? 30, 29? Twenty nine. Fantastic. Ooh, that's nice bang work, on Patrick. there. Yeah. Thanks. So you're definitely not rusty, but are he you? Was he, he was a very, very good player. And I think he captained Crystal Palace. Yeah, um, yeah. And certainly well-respected. Uh, I, I know a few uh, proper good Crystal Palace fans who still talk about Craig Foster. Yeah, wow. So um, he definitely made his mark. I, I think, but what I was going to say, I think he's made a bigger mark in terms of his, uh, his commentary and opinions. I think and that's, that's where he's really standing out in the uh, football environment. My mum's quite a fan. Really? I'm she a big is? fan. I'm a, I love my Craig Foster. Whether or not we're fans of Craig Foster, we're going to talk about that <laughs> because, you know, without saying too much, it's going to be the lead story in our news update. But um, save your comments and opinions, no pun intended, for our topic later. First up in the news, former Socceroos captain Paul Wade has called on Robbie Slater and Craig Foster to drop their public spat after Slater waged war via Twitter over comments Foster made in his column in the Sunday Herald. Slater accused Fozzie of making racist comments after criticising Melbourne victory coach Jim Magilton. Now, we're going to talk about it a little bit later on, well, but um, a, lot of, a lot of controversy. Lots of controversy. I have issues with Paul Wade's statement. This stuff is good for football. It's We're right, you know, I was going to say front page, back page, uh, <laughs> close to the back page, three pages from the back page with this sort of stuff, and I'm well happy for it. I think it's really unfortunate timing that the racist comments of having negative attitudes towards British soccer coaches is being conflated with the whole Suarez debacle in England. <laughs> yeah, where, it's not a good link, is where, it? Look, you, just to quote one line of dialogue, why did you kick me because you're black? Yes. <laughs> that, that's worse than not liking British football that's coaches right. in that's my right. opinion. Slater may have been a bit too early on the more dis- racist comment. More, there's, there's worse dis- yeah, there. more discussion about that topic a bit later on. In a surprising move, the FFA's match review panel has decided not to sanction Bashat Bashira or Pascal Bouchard over the post-match fracas that marred Rawls' win at Suncorp. Bashira taunted Bouchard at the final whistle after the Brisbane strikers scored the winner in the dying seconds of the game, allegedly trying to entice him into a tunnel conference confrontation. The Raw hopes its ugly post-match minute of madness with Sydney FC will spark a state of origin style rivalry <laughs> between the two A-League clubs. What are they I talking about? Look, there wasn't... I was watching it. I'd like to see better taunts. There wasn't very good taunting. <laughs> he I took mean, his shirt off and it was a bit of, come on, come on. Let's at the end of the day, there. all it really was was, you know, a, a lot of pushing and shoving. So yeah. it was kind of a little bit pri- like primary schooly. It was but, pretty um, entertaining though. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic stuff. I'm just so annoyed that I was watching this game and turned it off. You turned it off? <laughs> turned oh. it off at the last oh. minute. No, so you saw the goals, the two Brisbane goals? Only on the news afterwards oh, after no, I constantly Nick. turned it oh, off knowing no. what the result was. It was fantastic. I <laughs> know. Oh, <laughs> so the FFA, actually, in response to this, even though they're not going to charge them, they have sent out please explain letters mm. to Bashat Bashira well, and, um, and both yeah. clubs. <laughs> because, you know, they've breached the codes of conduct and, you know, that goes into a lot of other things. You know, obviously I like the passion on the field, but, you know, mm. can we kind of be 
acting like a bunch of animals and setting a bad example. It depends how far it goes. It depends how much of an animal you're acting like. It, it was mm. stopped before anything bad happened. So, mm. you know, we, uh, that, that is a good thing. And you'd like to think that others who had their heads upon their shoulders uh, intervened and had it under control despite all the hoo-ha. Um, you know, it's, it's okay. I don't want to see them punching each other in the face on the field. That's not necessarily a, a good thing. A little bit of push and shove It's not good for the then. kiddies. You know, it's a passionate it's game. It's all good for the passion. No, I, think, I think you're right, though. It is a passionate game. And, mm. and these... These guys are giving it everything that they've got, or at least being paid to give it everything mm. that they've got. So I can understand why they're firing up. All right? there, there's worse out there, isn't there? Yeah. Speaking of there's worse out there, Perth mm. Glory's oh, parade. Bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Perth Glory's parade into the top six has been rained on. Ooh. Travis oh. Dodd ruled out of mm. the Wednesday night's vital clash with Sydney FC due to an abdominal strain. Dodd will return to Perth for rehab while the boys take on the Sky Blues. I Paddy, think upsetting the key news point for you? Here. Not necessarily. I'm going to focus on the first part of that, which is uh, Perth to turn the corner. Mm. They have According turned a new to leaves, Ferguson, they? very solidly in uh, top six. Yep, um, they won their two last home games, if I'm uh, away games rather, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe we've got something. Uh, maybe the the stars of Perth are aligning and are going to make a good run for mm. third place on the table. Or it's just dumb luck. Melbourne Heart <laughs> CEO Scott Munn says finding a short-term replacement for injured skipper Fred is proving tough. In a season-defining week, they now face the top two sides, the Central Coast Mariners and the Brisbane Raw, just three days apart. Munn said the return of Wayne Suhors and the fit-again Jonathan Germano would be enough to give the lads a boost. Melbourne but Heart turned a new leaf too. If we're going to talk about people, you know, really starting to get, they have, get their they? gear yeah, on yeah, and they, well, they coming together, they did. But now it's kind of fallen off again. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But I, th- I think that they're a quality team. They can they can keep coming through. Uh, the interweb tells me that Paul Reed, formerly of Adelaide, has mm. uh, just signed with Melbourne Heart. Uh, now I don't know if he's a like for like replacement of Fred. But I think he's definitely a midfield player that uh, has some experience and given stability there. Look, I think Melbourne Heart are uh, the third best team in the the A-League and I think we'll we'll see them in the finals. And, you know, it's finals. Um, Mm. Maybe Brisbane fall apart once more. I think, I think, I think that ship has sailed for them. <laughs> Gold Coast United coach Miran Blyberg is unlikely to make a move in the January transfer market despite conceding there is something missing from his bottom play side. With Joel Porter and Chris Broadfoot both long-term casualties and Dylan McAllister re-injuring his hamstring, Blyberg admits his stocks are thin up front. A lack of senior vacancies combined with the tough equalisation rules of the A-League mean his hands are tied. Now, even though he can make that move, Move, why isn't he? Ah. Is there more to read into this subject? Well, all the people who attended the Gold Coast's last home game, all 2,186 of them, <laughs> <laughs> thought about you know sticking in their hands in their pocket to help pay for a transfer target, mm. but then realised it wouldn't pay for the plane fare. So. Yeah, they've times been downsizing. Uh, yeah, times are tough. Times um, are tough. I think he's doing... <laughs> well, no, I thought he was doing a really good job with them, and then I had a look at the ladder this morning, and they are they they're stuck down the bottom there, and they're not going anywhere. Yeah, but they, they had a reasonable few games that they were. How do you build together. a club Very where you say you're beat. not offering any more than one year contracts to players? Yeah. And uh, essentially, there's a crowd the size of a primary school game there. Yeah, mm. it's it's really they they really are struggling. 
Mm. Central Coast Mariners insiders say staff have been paid for January, but the potential Russian takeover of the A-League ladder leaders remains up in the air. Mm. The 15th of the month is payday for the club's players and staff, and it's understood all have been paid. However, news on the club's new owners hasn't revealed anything on the club's potential Russian investment. Now, they're pretty strapped for cash at the moment, and there's another news item coming up on the back of that that will reveal that even more and ties in with speaking about, you know, there's no... No stability in offering people one-year contracts. But, um, you know, is this something that, you know, they've put all their eggs in one basket with this Russian investor and is it something that could potentially fail? Is there any other business where getting a potentially dodgy Russian businessman to buy into your <laughs> business is a good thing? <laughs> it's a good thing. Well, up the road, they've got Indonesian uh, businessmen. But I've I got to be saying, we, we've got to be uh, very careful about our tech... Uh, terminology here and not be generalising on the basis of... I did uh, say potentially <laughs> dodgy. <laughs> uh, I don't want Robbie Slatter coming down and uh, labelling us all sorts of things. Um, look, it's an issue and it's a strange yeah. one. It, like, it's mm. out of the blue kind of investment. I think that's that for me is what concerns me. It doesn't seem to be fitting with the club and how it's set up. It seems very disconnected with uh, the club, the A-League in general. Uh, who... You know, just in essentially investors from a completely different space of life or funneling money into a club, that can't necessarily be a good thing. You want to see clubs coming embedded in the community and getting, uh, no, if possible, No club is better embedded in the community. They used to have I know. their coach inviting the fans around for a barbecue. Yeah, just, that's right. It's just a yeah. small market. We it's need more of gig. that. Miriam Blyberg, where's my invite to Sunday lunch? Meanwhile, Mariners fullback Ped Boyich could be lost to Major League Soccer at season's end after expressing his disappointment at only being offered a one-year contract extension by the cash-strapped club. Boyich is also on the radar for Perth Glory and has been one of the season's major success stories. But Mariners left back Joshua Rose needn't worry. The 30-year-old just signed a new three-year deal with the club. Um, How old is he, Nick? 30. 30, what? so he's crossed the big three. Oh, he could play for Perth Glory. He's yeah. almost why? old enough. Yeah, but, you know, why is a player like this getting a contract extension for three years, yet Ped Boyich, who I think is fantastic, actually, is being left in the dark with a one-year contract? How I does that make sense? he's only 28, actually. Joshua ah, okay. Rose is 30. He's so can't he's go too to... Young. Uh, <laughs> he's too young. He's far too young for the, the Glory program. Um, no, I think it's right. But I, I think a big little bit of this is uh, media hype parts from him or his agent yeah. trying to mm. get his profile up there so that um, they can they can shift a little he's few dollars or maybe a zero onto the uh, negotiations he's been playing really well though yeah. the last six weeks just fantastic and finally, the last news item on the local shores, Adelaide United goalkeeper Mark Birigiti has signed a two-year deal with the Newcastle Jets. The 20-year-old Perth-born keeper will remain part of United's squad for the remainder of this Hyundai A-League season and the group matches of the Reds AFC Champion League, Champions League campaign rather, before officially joining the Jets. But the Reds aren't mourning his loss too badly. They've already signed talented 17-year-old keeper Paul Izzo on a three-year deal. Now, I think it needs to be mentioned Mark Birgitti isn't their number one goalkeeper. Mm. So, mm. I mean, does it really matter? He's a good young keeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
the the sports nerd of me, uh, Lucy wants to really get into the detail of seventeen year old keepers back joining up, back up yeah, backup keepers. keepers. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. that, but, but you're right in terms of the bigger scheme of things, and certainly the A League. This is not really. Should I even feign surprise that one of the best young goalkeepers in the country comes from Perth and can't get a go <laughs> playing for them? <laughs> <laughs> now for the news about our boys who we travel by boat or plane to get to. The English Premier League is talking about none other than our homegrown boys, Timmy Cahill, Reese Williams and Brett Holman. Whispers of Cahill making the move to QPR are becoming more obvious after cashed-up manager Mark Hughes expressed a keen interest in signing him. Cahill's season has been plagued by injury and he hasn't seen the back of the net since December 2010, prompting the Toffees to consider selling him. Doesn't he have an Everton tattoo? And oh, isn't I think that he does? Sad. He does. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Talk about the negotiating table. Yeah. Let's see you shift that one. Too. Yeah. Um, Tattooists are very reluctant to put girls' names on guys' shoulders. <laughs> and and yeah, yeah. That they should sh- apply to football clubs as well. Especially in the EPL. Poor yeah. Timmy. He's not been doing too well. But, um, you know, aside from the injuries, he hasn't seen the back of the net since 2010, December. No. That's, that's a bit of a sting. And as a club manager and coach, it's, it's not looking too good on the score sheet. Their goalkeeper has more goals this season. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think, in, in uh, <laughs> answering this seriously just for the second... I don't think uh, Everton are a knee-jerk reaction club, and I think uh, we're likely to see them keep Timmy Cahill because really? he's been a good servant. They are in need of money, but they, I, for me, Everton are a club, although they're tight on money, that don't make these knee-jerk reactions. I expect Ooh, him to stay know. and Everybody and has a him. price. So yeah. given that, Arteta um, left yeah. right on the deadline. Given yeah, that Mark did. Hughes and but look at look at Torres, big, big look him. at Torres. Mm. Okay, everybody has a price. <laughs> Speaking of Torres and the biggest mistake of his life, Liverpool has hosted talks with Reese Williams's management team with a rumored ten million set as the asking price for the Aussie talent to make a move. Williams is also fielding an additional offer from West Bromwich Albion, who has also joined in the race for his signature. Paddy. Well, look. Speaking <laughs> on behalf of the Liverpool Football Club, which I'm completely entitled to do. I don't think they need Reese Williams. They've got no. a, they've got they've got good young players coming through the system that can take those mm. that left and right back position. He's going to be struggling to. Yeah. If I was him, I wouldn't be going there. Just no, I think West Bromwich Albion much more likely to get senior time there. Mm. Yep. Mm. And finally, in that fellow Aussie midfielder Brett Holman could also join Williams and Cahill in the English Premier League, with Aston Villa reportedly upping their bid to sign him before the January transfer deadline. Now, there's a signing. I like the cut of his jib. That that that's got a bit more of a ring of truth to it. Yeah, that'd be fun. He's been in great form. Yeah, he's been in Dutch league for a while. Yeah, time to move on. Time to move on. Speaking of moving on, the W League. The Premier's Canberra United will head into this year's final series as overwhelming favourites to win its first title. But they're going to expect a tough fight along the way. Canberra is set to host Melbourne Victory in the first semi-final at Canberra's McKellar Park on Saturday. With a 3pm kick-off, I expect all Canberrans to be there. While the Brisbane Raw and Sydney FC will fight out the second semi-final at Brisbane on Sunday. Just before we get into the football stuff, a uh, big shout out to Camry United who were, when because I uh, don't know if I mentioned earlier, but spent some time in hospital uh, last year with, with Bob. little boy. Yep. And uh, Camry United came to visit. Good fun. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, it was really, really good. So these, these girls sort of came in and you could see that uh, they were used to people who 
although were being polite, hadn't really got a handle on what they did or or who they were. And then or their uh, major sporting statistics. Or, the, or their major sporting statistics. And then, uh, unfortunately for them, and they were very polite. I've got to say, they got trapped by me in mm. a uh, long-winded conversation about football and how their season was progressing. And did you try and hug any of them? <laughs> <laughs> They're not like mascots. They're not dressed as bears. Um, Speaking of winners, you know, the winners from the two semifinals will meet in the Westfield W League 2012 Grand Final the following Saturday. Now, Canberra's been, without a doubt, the absolute standout team for the season. They've gone through the regulation season undefeated and they've won seven of their ten games. And the star striker, without a doubt, obviously, Michelle Heyman, has bagged 12 goals for the girls in green. And she's definitely on the way to winning this season's Golden Boot Award. I know I will be there cheering them on because this is a big game for them. And with their form and how they've been for this season, it's undeniable they play electric football. They've been all over Melbourne Victory in their games this season as well. So Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm pr- I think I'm they've pretty definitely got a chance. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I have a lot of confidence. I have a bit of fear in my heart for a team that has been dominating and it, you, you see it quite often, teams have been dominating. Well, you look at the Brisbane Raw, falls at the case. Uh, falls at the final hurdle. But look, there's no doubt uh, Cambria United have been the form team and really hoping that they just romp it through. But there, there's some there's some good teams out there. Um, Brisbane and Sydney, they could easily uh, have a great day and then um, come through on that grand final. Mm. I'm nervous about the grand final. I think I'll get through this Right, one. yeah. Okay, so you're just looking the you're looking one one game at a time, Nick. One game at a time. <laughs> yeah, boring radio. Speaking of speaking, <laughs> speaking of one game at a time, now I'm sure that given the chance, Fozzie may have taken back his comments if he knew it was going to escalate to this point. Mm. But we're going to go into would. the topic that I've been absolutely itching off of my seat to get to: the racism row. Yeah. The first question I want to ask before I give everyone a bit of background for those of you that don't know what's going on. Um, lads, I want to ask you first, was it a racist comment? Don't answer yet. <laughs> and is this bringing the game into disrepute as our good old fella, our golden oldie Paul Wade has suggested? Now, for those of you that don't know, former Socceroo Craig Foster has broken his silence over the comments made by Robbie Slater on Twitter at the weekend, revealing he's disappointed about his views of being labelled a racist. Foster, who is a columnist for Sydney's Sun Herald and an analyst for SBS television, namely the World Game, was on the receiving end of an attack from Slater after he questioned the Melbourne victories decision to appoint Northern Irishman Jim McGilton as coach. Foster said the appointment harked back to Australians football's historical reliance on Britons. Slater took to Twitter to comment on it saying, at Craig Foster on British people. His article in today's Sun Herald, in my opinion, is a racist column. British people have made a massive contribution to the history of our game and continue to do so. Back to those questions. Okay, so I want to take... What I want to do is neatly sidestep the whole racist thing. I think that's that's between, you know, Slater and Foster. And but no, answer my damn question. Is it nah, a racist I, comment? I just don't think we need to get into no. it. Like it's, it's, a, it's a... Yes or no? I'm not getting into it. It's I want to touch on the other stuff, whether it's causing it to disrepute why or not. Do, why don't you want to touch on because it, Because I, I, I think Slater had... A, I think his reaction was over the top. And yeah. I think racist is a very heavy word. 
and I think it needs to be applied properly. Judiciously. And, and judiciously. Yeah. Nick, Nick. And I don't want to get into whether it was or wasn't. I don't, I don't think that's the crux of the argument. I think there's some interesting points I, here. I actually do. I think that's what's led this discussion about this and catapulted no, it Tahitian into something. Tahitian jail has led to it. <laughs> You're going to tell me about Tahitian jail yeah. in a second. Nick, I'm going to hope that you've got more cojones and you're <laughs> going to answer my deadpan question of whether or not it was a racist comment. Was it racist? It's not racism that matters. Racism that matters. But is it racism? Answer the question. No, I don't think Thank so. Thank you. Thank you. And, Paddy, I know you don't want to touch on it, but I will have to go back to that and wholeheartedly agree with him. You know, I think that term and, and where Fozzie has come back in his argument is that, you know, this kind of terminology gets thrown around so badly, particularly mm. in sport. And, you know, it's almost like, you know, you can liken it to rape. Once you make these allegations against somebody, this sticks with them for life. Yeah, so I the think word, we need. The word has power. The word definitely has power. And I think we need to take that into consideration before we start labeling people a racist. Um, you know, I want to now bleed into this Tahitian jail business just quickly. We can't we can't dwell on this too much longer. But um, he defended his actions after he was arrested and spent a night in Tahitian jail following an incident during the 2000 OFC Nations Cup. Paddy, what is this Tahitian jail debacle about? So seriously, uh, this came out of nowhere. Yeah. Mm. So Robbie Robbie Slater, I was. I, there I was, money my own business on Twitter. Uh, Robbie Slater just starts his rant, and it was a rant. I think it went for 16, 17 sort of Twitter wow. inputs. And it ended around the end, we should have left you in that Tahitian jail. <laughs> wow. And it was just, it was just, and it was a bit, dis- like if Robbie Slater was genuinely making a point and making a point about uh, Magilton and, and what um, Foster was saying, he really shouldn't have gone there because... Then all the talk was just really questions about what happened in the Tahitian jail. And even the media since then has been about that. Mm. Um, mm. Something happened. Something it happened in Tahiti. It's such a strange story. It, gen- he, it sounds like he was genuinely in jail so and it sounds like it was genuinely the end of his uh, yeah, career he never as an played international again. footballer. And look, I've spent some time in the... Uh, French, oh. In the French <laughs> Pacific, <laughs> and it's hard to get arrested there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they must something, something happened. Something, something must happened. have happened. Lads, I'm sure this story will develop, but unfortunately, we're going to have it is to move so on. Strange. It's yeah, very yeah, strange. Tahitian. Now, going over Next the week, Tahitian jail. Going over the mm. results that were mm. Melbourne victory took on Adelaide United and drew one all. The Brisbane Raw took down Sydney with a two one result. The Central Coast Mariners drew with the Newcastle Jets one all. The Gold Coast United surprise surprise capitulated to the Wellington Phoenix 1-0 and the Melbourne Heart followed suit, falling short with a 2-1 lead to Perth Glory at full time. Now, I know that some of you guys caught the games, but what I'm more interested in is finding out your predictions for the oncoming fixtures. Now, nice and quick, Sydney versus Perth Glory. Uh, For me, Perth, um, they're in form and Sydney are really losing it. Nick? I'm going to say Sydney. Sydney, Melbourne Heart versus the Central Coast Mariners. Mariners. Heart. Hart. Newcastle Jets versus the Wellington Phoenix. Uh, Jets, because Phoenix don't play well away. I hate agreeing with him. Jets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Central Coast Mariners versus Adelaide United. I uh, could see an upset here. I'm going to go for uh, Cosmina's Adelaide. Oh, you're so wrong. I think <laughs> it'll be a draw. Ooh. Melbourne Heart versus the Brisbane Roar. The Mojo is back. The Roar are going to The win. Mojo is back. Just quickly, what's your game of the round? 
I think that last one. Yeah, Melbourne I think Heart so as well. I, I'm yeah, liking the Melbourne Heart versus Brisbane Raw fixture as well. Although I think it'll be interesting to see if there's going to be an upset with the Central Coast Mariners as well as Adelaide United. You just you never know, do you? Really do not. Lads, that's all for this week. If you've listened to us, it's been a fantastic show because we've had Patrick, our man who is back. Stay tuned to listen to the local show with Peter Funnel. And as always, lads, if you are going to the near post... Get, get there, there first. first. Near post, get there first. The near post, get there first. Don't get there second, don't get there third. The near post, get there first. If it's for football news that you thirst. The near post, get there, get there first.